0: You are listening to Cape Shit, a podcast taking a chronological and often spoiler-heavy look into the Marvel Cinematic Universe films, one film at a time.
1: Okay, let's get this show on the road, gang. Meet a sulky over funky, kinda hunky superhero, hot and electrically transistor superhero, and exotically erotic, and aquatic superhero, the Marvel superheroes have arrived. Superpowered from the forehead to the toes, watch them change their very shape before your nose. A king-striking superhero Changed to Viking superhero I'm A king and real swing and shield flingin' and superhero They're the latest They're the greatest ultimateest superheroes The Marvel Superhero
2: is this episode 7 8 10 10 Jesus
0: Christ okay on the wall you didn't miss that many.
2: <clears throat> no I just we haven't I haven't done it in a while so I forget the number But you know. uh,
0: flyaway hillbilly I'm
3: gonna say was that coming from my place because
0: no that was oh, my God. that was that was greenwood drift <laughs> oh, there we go. Actually, I'm just going to shut that fucking window because fucking I'll sweat to death for for my art.
4: <laughs> that that's commitment right there, man. Yeah.
1: What's what, that for your part?
2: There. Fuck that shit. I just trimmed my oh, neck. Right. It looks pretty clean. Uh, in my room about
4: my TV. Be okay, just just fire up here a multitude of fans,
0: man. You be okay. No, I won't. It's, it's super hot. I'm going to be drinking all night. I expect to be a ball of quivering jello and sweat by the end of this night. So it's fine.
4: You know, if you if you sweat it out the, at the uh, the right ratio kind of thing, you'll be like pacing the uh, alcohol and, you know, you, you know, it'll, it'll you sweat out the toxins it's as
2: fast as you're Differentially water. sweat the, the alcohol instead of the water from the
1: beer.
0: That's good. Then I can lay a towel down on my chair and absorb all the alcohol and just wring it out into my mouth.
4: That's
3: <laughs> oh, it's like swamp ass alcohol.
4: The last last end of my job, I literally got home and I, my shirt was wet enough that I could have wrung it out. It was so fucking muggy and gross in that kitchen. Ugh.
3: Yeah. But the important thing is that they can now serve Chinese food slightly safer.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. yeah. Fuck that place is gross. <clears throat> All right, welcome to episode 10 of Cape Shit. I apologize for missing the last one, but it couldn't be helped, despite the fact that Winter Soldier is uh, one of my favorite of the uh, Marvel movies. Anyway, this is the podcast in which we discuss all the movies uh, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe in order. Uh, assuming there are, uh, we're going to see theaters open again at some point, we will keep doing these until
0: they're done. Anyway,
2: I'm Daniel. I'm usually the main host, and I am joined today by um, Lee. Lee, say hi, Lee.
0: It's cool to have a code name, Daniel. It's not that weird.
2: (laughs) And also, Carrie, cheers. Thanks for having me. Missed you last time, man. Yeah, no, it was, uh, you know, it was, I'm sure that episode was great. I couldn't bring myself to listen to it because uh, I was disgusted at my own lack of appearance. And also, Greg. Greg, say hi. We pretty much spent an hour just insulting you. I don't
3: even think we talked about the movie. (laughs) No, well, that's...
0: uh, I I was never expecting him to listen to that. You shouldn't have brought that up. Now he's going to listen to it. You now know I will dealer. definitely listen,
2: and you'll be hearing from my lawyers. So.
0: Oh.
2: <laughs> All right, and so today we are going to be discussing Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, from 2014, it was released on August uh, 1st, 2014, in the United States. It made, over its entire world riot, worldwide, a gross $772.8 million, according to Wikipedia. Uh, the uh, top five movies, which we like to do just to give you some context in terms of what was on people's mind and in theaters at the time this movie was released. Uh, number one was uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Number two is Lucy, which is one of the Scarlett Johansson superhero oh, yeah. assassin movies. Three is Get On Up. Four is Hercules. And I had not remembered that Dwayne Johnson did a Hercules movie, but.
0: Yeah, everybody it, forgot that, that movie.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, according, to right now. Mojo, according to Box Office Mojo, it made $52 million. Uh, that was
0: probably its advertising budget. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, at least up to that point. At least up to that point. And uh, number five was Dot of the Planet of the Apes. Um, down the line Which of it, you got Purge, Anarchy, Sex Tape. Uh, boyhood was still in theaters, and uh, one of the trans- Transformers: Age of Extinction, whichever one that one was. Um, so, yeah, as we uh, generally like to do when we start this project, I usually like to ask when people saw this for the first time, and uh, kind of what they thought of it. Um, Greg, let's start with you today. I saw this. Well, continuing my trend, I did not see it in the
3: theater. I believe I saw it when it was on uh, DVD, or I don't know if blue yeah, Blu-rays were a thing seven years ago. And uh so I saw it when it came out in uh the Blu-ray release and uh, I I pirated it like I, I mean I, I bought it legally and then I just downloaded an archive copy. Fair, fair, yeah. Based, there's any <laughs> listening.
2: General thoughts, just uh, oh, general thoughts. You know, two sentences. Um, what do you like? You like, it, you know you like
3: what? it? I watched this again this morning and I always forget how much I really, really like this film. It is I don't know if I'd make my top five. I'd have to sit down and think about it. But it is definitely among my favorite of the cinematic universes. Spoilers for like six episodes from now, it's better than the next one, which actually I don't even mind that much either. But this one's better. I think it also, up until I would say maybe Thor Ragnarok took the crown from it, I would say it had the best soundtrack of any uh Marvel Cinematic Universe movie. I, I think Thor I,
2: I think that's still probably the that may even be the case now. I would you know, I think it's certainly right. in contention. Yeah.
3: I just really like that. Was it Van Halen song in Thor that they just kept playing it all? No, right? Led
0: Zeppelin. Led yeah. Zeppelin,
3: yeah. that's the one. I'm not Inherent gonna Sacrilege,
0: <laughs>
2: <Inherent song, yeah. laughs> but you know,
0: like, Van yeah. Halen is very far removed from Led Zeppelin. <laughs> Listen,
2: I, I am <laughs>
0: not a music guy whatsoever. So <laughs> just for that, just
2: for that, we're moving away from you and Carrie. Tell us uh, when did you first see the film and what are your general thoughts? I saw this uh,
4: within the first week of it coming out in the theaters. And this is the only movie that I have ever went and saw twice in one day or even twice ever at the theater. Like I literally went there with my buddy who was in town from London, went and saw it and I got home and my mom was like, you know, what are we doing? And like, do you want to do something? I'm like, yeah, let's go see this movie again. And I went and saw it again with her. And yeah, it's, it's definitely my top five of the Marvel movies and soundtrack wise. I'll agree. Thor Ragnarok is good, though good. But the way that this movie integrated the soundtrack, like the, the fact that they're all the songs on that
2: tape, and it like
4: the way it it, it did it so fucking well, and it's just it's, it's
2: practically um, diegetic sound for like in terms of like sort of the, the context of the film for for a lot of its
0: runtime. Yeah, it's um, it's just not it's not so well done.
2: Almost all of them are, you know, you could imagine. Peter's just playing the tape, you know? <laughs> that's it's just what really, we're looking it's
0: really it's really everything yeah. except for like the dance off, I think, or the, you know, like dance off oh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. think that's pretty much the only one that's not diegetic.
4: Not some more spoilers for in the future there, but uh endgame when they kind of go back to that thing and you see it out of context where like he's <laughs> he's playing it's the intro of the movie, but you don't hear the actual so He it just like looks like an idiot dancing around and that was that was really well done. It's like the, yeah. the little the throwbacks and fucking little yeah little Easter eggs that they put in these
2: movies are so great. I love it. Uh, Lee, when did you first see this? What are your original thoughts?
0: Uh, I rented this on DVD. I love this one quite a bit. And Greg's right. Like it, this is one where you don't necessarily remember how much you love it until you actually watch it again and let it sort of suck you in and you, and you sort of get, you know, just you hang out with the, the characters because it is in part kind of a hangout movie in a way, because like it does spend so much time with the characters and what they're about and everything. Because I kind of feel like at this point they had some plans in place where it's like, yeah, these guys are going to feature in other movies and we're not going to have enough time to do a lot of character shit with them. They're going to be almost like extended cameos in some cases. Mm -hmm. So we need to get it out of the way here. I think this Marvel movie does probably one of the best, if not the best jobs of establishing characters and making it interesting. You know, I'd say it's like heads above better than like the Avengers when it comes to like, you know, establishing them as a team and all that shit. Like this one kind of does it really well. And in part it's because of that fucking soundtrack, the way it integrates itself into the movie. Like you think it's going to be a cringy kind of gimmick. And it's totally not like it just works. It works works so well. well.
2: So yeah, just is like, let's do four movies and then do one big movie. And this is, you know, well, we've got 20 minutes to introduce all these people. And so let's just, let's just do the thing, you know? So, Uh um, so, So, yeah, I thought theatrically uh, back when we had an Alamo draft house here, I saw it at the Alamo draft house. Um, it was, it was a lot of fun, really enjoyed it at the time. I've been kind of, I go kind of go up and down on it when I kind of rewatch it over the years. I think I may be the only one of us that actually prefers the second film, although I think there's stuff in the second film that's really bad and we'll get to that when we get to it mm-hmm. but i do really enjoy this i found rewatching it i rewatched it last night and i was kind of struck by how slight it is in terms of its it, it really is kind of going through the motions in a lot of ways like it's got a lot of sort of plot stuff it's moving around um but i kind of admired it for that it was it was just kind of it's like this mechanism designed to kind of give you snark and action and like kind of introduce this setting and one of the things that this film does that's going to play out through the rest of the mcu at least till now and probably forever is uh brings in the kind of space opera elements and those become more and more pronounced as the kind of series progresses that seemed like really radically new to the series at the time i remember people talking about like whether people would accept like a talking raccoon as one of your main characters (laughs) and whether you know you could go to space and it'd be like a thing and now, like, all these films do that, and they've only gotten kind of bigger in, in, in scope and bigger in budget and bigger in box office as, as we've kind of gone on. So um, I do think that that's, that's interesting. Um, one of the things is that this is uh, written and directed by James Gunn, who has a very kind of particular vision, and he has this kind of very weird history. He was a really weird choice to come on and go, well, yeah, direct our $200 million, like, sci-fi comic book movie. But I think it is his sort of idiosyncratic nature that allows him to sort of introduce these characters and do this kind of weird thing and kind of put the soundtrack together that like works at cross purposes to the stuff that's actually happening on screen a lot of the time. And it is those exact instincts that make him kind of perfect for this material.
0: It works really well. And it really does sort of set the building blocks for like the main story, really. Like this is where you really get the first serious hints at what the whole main thrust of the MCU sort of overarching uh, storyline is the first time and, we hear
4: thanos speak basically i've yeah, sure, already not like, yeah, I think and,
0: so, yeah and, and then And it puts all that shit sort of into place and it's kind of it feels so effortless like you like you said it's it's very slight but at the same time it actually builds so much like it it, it kind of just builds the actual universe really in this film like it
2: well and you don't remember so much of that you really just remember like the jokes and you remember like uh cool action sequences it doesn't it doesn't hit you over the head with that stuff whereas a lot of the other i mean you look back to iron man 2 and that one is you know it's got its bits it's got some stuff going on but that one like creaked under its own weight to such a degree because it's kind of dealing with so many of these like kind of by the standards of guardians of the galaxy it's dealing with much less stuff that it has to introduce but it does it in so much more of a ham fisted way that it does it does kind of make you admire the way this one works. So these characters were
4: more or less unknown to like ninety percent of the fucking population. Everyone knows Spider Man, everyone knows fucking like, you know, like the other Avengers, Iron Man and they all came like Thor was bigger and stuff like that. But nobody knew what Guardians of the Galaxy were. And they just came out and it it fucking the movie did so well. It's it, it, it gave Marvel kind of the incentive, like there's the movies uh, slated to come out whenever things kind of get sorted out and shit. Hopefully, like the, the Eternals and all these other movies coming out that more things that a lot of people probably don't have any idea what they are, but they're probably going to be great movies. I didn't know who Ant-Man was until I saw the movie. I've, yeah. I've, I've been a fan of comics and watched cartoons and that kind of stuff for a long time, so I was well aware of all of them. But
0: I mean, really, this is kind of what this this whole series does though i mean iron man everyone knew who iron man was but he's not like he was a first tier superhero in the marvel comics at this at that point when his first movie came out he was kind of a dead character really in a way like if anything the mcu kind of retcons and revitalizes the character for everybody because it kind of starts with where he was i think in the comic books at that time is just like a sort of capitalist tool and a dickhead and and you know he—he he actually is the Tony Stark, who's like the uh, military-industrial complex, uh, you know fucking puppet kind of thing and he's
4: he's actually one of the uh the more like really developed comic book characters like they, he's got the whole alcohol alcoholism shit going on and like they, that. Stuff they felt, did a lot of shit to him in the comics.
0: They did, but that stuff like that's back when he was a Vietnam war vet and shit and he had post traumatic stress and all that shit. And they they kind of retcon that and I mean really though when the first Iron Man movie came out he was not a character anyone gave a shit about really.
4: Yeah, he wasn't like a Superman or a Batman like not like a fucking yeah. like, Everybody kind of Knew, I knew heard, who he was? Like, yeah, Iron Man? I've heard I'm of
2: Iron a, Man, but... Yeah, I'm not, he, like, a comic book guy. I mean, I kind of talked about this before, you know, and so all this was, like, I'm I'm approaching so many of these characters just from, you know, kind of general cultural knowledge. I kind of was aware that Iron Man was a character, but I had, like, no idea what he was. You know, like, nice when I saw area. that first trailer, and it's like, oh, Iron Man comes out of that cave in Afghanistan in that, like, giant hulking suit, I'm kind of like, oh, that, like, that's like a cool looking suit. We're going to see Big Hulk and Iron Man kind of going around. And then like later in the trailer, you see him like flying and shit. And it's like, oh, that's what the character is. Okay, I get, I sort of it's, yeah. So that's how little I kind of knew about the Iron Man character. Just as someone who's been involved in geek culture for a long time, but not in comics culture. Like it completely passed me by. And so I think, you know, I remember, um, and, and Greg, I know you were trying to talk a second ago. I'm going to come back to you here in a second. But I think it's interesting that Around this time when this movie was coming out, there was um, a lot of talk about, you know, like having a female-led, like a Wonder Woman movie. They were kind of talking about finally doing that and doing all that sort of thing. And, uh, you know, there was like, I saw like gift sets, which were, you know, um, DC. Oh, I don't know if people are going to like trust a a female-led franchise in terms of a movie. And then cut to... Raccoon with dueling uh machine guns, you know, <laughs> like, and there's just this kind of different thing about how the DC movies and the MCU uh, kind of treated like the MCU has definitely been like more willing to take risks like that, which I think has really worked well for it. Um, Greg, I'm sorry, I, I kind of talked to you earlier. Go ahead, actually, you kind of already said what I was going to say in terms
3: of Iron Man. I sort of felt the same way where I basically knew very little about him. And actually, just a, a quick question for Carrie, not to go off track, but was the Tony Stark in the comics sort of the, did he have the same personality that he has in the movies or is that something Robert Downey
0: Jr. sort
4: of did himself? He had kind of, he was kind of the same ish character. I well, feel he's, like,
0: he's, like it's he, a, it's kind of like a Tom Selick looking playboy. And yeah.
4: In, in got, in the Robert comics. Downey Jr. Did uh, like what he did with that character to make, like he became Tony well, he, Stark. Like, he, like he, it's, one mean, of the, it's like Wolverine. One of those things, like so eventually they're they're gonna recast, they're gonna reboot, they're gonna do whatever. There will be another Iron Man somewhere down the line, just oh, like there will be a, that. a like there've been like five Spider Mans and Batman's and all this shit. But like Wolverine, like they did such a fucking good job with those roles, it's gonna be like one of those things. It's gonna be hard to to I recast. Really, to redo I really Wolverine.
0: hope they uh, when they redo Wolverine. I really do hope they cast, like, a short motherfucker, though. Because Wolverine's that, only, like, yeah. 5'3". So. I will give
4: you that. I will. Wolverine is very... Yeah, that's the only... Hugh Jackman had the look, but if he was, like, at least a foot shorter, yeah. Wolverine is not a tall guy at all. Yeah. Okay, that's that's totally right. And, so, I, and at least one time to put him in the fucking classic costume, for whatever reason, would have been cool.
0: Yeah. I don't know. So... Like enough about enough about other comic book movies. Let's <laughs> let's, let's talk about this one that we're supposed to be yeah, talking about. Um, so easy did, to go on tangents. I did I did a kind of appreciate James Gunn was like really doing a, uh, like a Spielbergian kind of feel to a lot of this. Like the opening is very much like eighty Spielberg kind of movie.
2: I love that you appreciated that because that's one of the things that I've just kind of like. I actually, again, when we get to the second movie, I think that a lot of this stuff pays off in a really real way, and I'm really interested to see what happens in the third movie. But I do find like some of the, you know, some of the, some of the uh, Spielbergian, you know, like you know, the Lost Boy elements of it just kind of like it doesn't really go anywhere in this movie. Right, it's setting up something that's going to go later, and I feel like it's weird to have like. Eight minutes of the beginning of the movie that just sort of what like, sets up this kind of basic premise, but I just kind of generally just forget it exists when I think the movie. Like I always think the movie begins like on that like quarry or whatever where he goes to pick up uh, the ore. I just one um,
4: one one thing that I found to be not like mildly annoying, I guess you'd almost say, but it happened a couple times. Like the really stuck out was uh when they break out of the prison and they're in the ship and they're like, oh, let's just leave them." And she goes like this, and like, where's the orb? And then it cuts to Peter, and for no reason other than to confirm what just happened, he pulls out the orb out of his... It's in his pocket, so he's walking within his pocket. And at that point in time, he's just like, here, audience, I've got it, let's toss it in the air a couple times and beat some guys over the head, even though the last scene, he was using his fucking blasters. A couple a couple things where it cuts from one scene to the next, just for that kind of purpose, I felt yeah. like I, that... that Kinda, kinda irritates me just a bit. I don't know, but that's that's that, that my only real gripe that I'd say I had with the movie. Other than that, I fucking love it so much. Yeah.
2: Do we have any other gripes with the movie?
0: Um, movie my, kind of movie? I think my biggest one is the main villain in this, a Ronan. Mm-hmm. And I, I, these I, movies I,
2: never have good, great villains. It's, well, it's like amazing how poorly this series does on its villains. But yeah, you're absolutely. I, right. I like the scene where he fucking where he gets the stone and like stands
4: up to Thanos. That, that, yeah. that whole scene with him was pretty badass. And uh, when he fights, when he kicks, when he just effort, effortlessly kicks the shit out of Drax, was kind of cool. But overall, like, where's his personality? Like he starts out with his speech and hammered the guy. Yeah, I, I do agree overall with that.
0: Sure. Well, here, here's yeah. the thing about Ronan, okay? So potentially he's an interesting bad guy. But the way he's presented in this film, he just feels way more or less badass. He, he feels like a dollar store Thanos, especially when you learn he's just kind of a flunky of Thanos in a way in this film. Um, And the film, I think the biggest problem is the film doesn't want to go deeper into Ronan as a character, because when you look at him deep down, he's a genocidal religious, religious uh, zealot who wants to commit genocide on a planet. And that's, that's an interesting villain. That's a villain you could get into if this movie was super dark, but it's not. So they don't even give
4: you that much of the, uh, sorry, did, 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 of the Cree kind of Xandarian. Uh, you know, there's like a conflict yeah, no, there's, there. There's a peace thing. I, but they don't
2: really
1: tell I you. Didn't, I didn't anything. get it
2: at all until like having now. I've seen Captain Marvel, and so like looking back on it, I'm like, oh, well, I see kind of the thing that a little bit. But, but like, they still no, haven't really get no backstory yeah. on it at all. Well, maybe maybe
3: in part three. Um, you know, I think the problem with villains, not just in this movie, but in most movies, unless there's someone reoccurring like Loki or something, or somebody like uh what's the blue chick's name? I can't remember her. Name. Nebula. Nebula.
4: Nebula. Sorry. Yeah, this is Nebula how Nebula's rocking sexy man.
2: I, don't think... I agree. Yeah. Gillen, I agree, <laughs> but
3: I got a weird fetish for Mantis. But that's that's a whole other conversation.
1: <laughs> we'll um, get there in the next name. one. Yeah. No.
3: Um, but no, I think the problem with all these villains is that they're pretty much expected to origin story and die in the same movie. And I think that's the problem is I think some of these villains may actually be interesting across 10 years or the comics and character development, but when
2: you got to do it in a two and a half hour movie, it's kind of like, well, I feel like the choice that the MCU has made, and this is sort of like a decision made on the, on the part of the creative people who are sort of like putting these movies together is you focus on your heroes, you focus on the people that you're going to kind of see over and over again. And then you kind of give them some some obstacle to kind of get over, and it's basically just kind of like generic big strong guy that you just have to kind of like there. And so, like you just don't ever really see like a significant threat, and they hardly ever kind of work thematically with the heroes yeah. or you know anything. Yeah. And, so, and
1: I believe
0: we touched on this before in, in previous episodes. We will where... come back to it again. It's it's,
2: it's <laughs> yeah, you know no, it's, no, it's it's
0: it's just you know the MCU tries to take the comic books, but it tries to make it more realistic. So and, and re, like the comic books are serialized. They're like fucking soap operas where the story continues and continues and continues, and you get the same villains over and over again. They always end up coming back eventually, right? But I mean in real life, I mean if if you're trying to take this as a as a depiction of reality uh, a fucking superhero, he's gonna beat the villain, and the villain's gonna probably die in their first encounter. Like, like that's that's the way it's gonna be. Like, you're you're not gonna have uh, the Green Goblin coming back eight thousand times against Spider Man. Spider Man's gonna deal with the fucking Green Goblin and beat him in like one or two fights. And you and gotta, that's you gonna you gotta
3: be- kill him at some point. Like the, someone like the Joker, who just goes around murdering people, you gotta just kill him at some point. Like. It's- yeah.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. so I mean, you know, like, yeah, Batman. <laughs> I mean, his whole rogues gallery is just, you know, a flaw of that comic, really, in a way, because they just keep coming back because Batman refuses to kill them, unless it's, you know, a certain iteration of Batman where he's outright killing them all. You know, it yeah. doesn't matter. But you know. uh, yeah. Speaking
4: no, it, of killing, anybody notice how just I mean, randomly murderous Groot was? He just like like <laughs> the, the the scene where they take over the guard tower thing, and the guys <laughs> like there's just like, please, please, and then it, the, the, I think Drax I'm going to get out of here. And Groot just fucking grabs him and throws him at the wall like hard. There's no way he's, like, he's Fine. broken. And then he screams, and his scream just cuts yeah. off when he hits the ground. And then the other time oh. when he's, like, puts his thing through all the guys and bang, 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 and then just goes over. I would I would, smile. Love to,
2: I would love oh. to do the math on the, like, number of on-screen deaths that happen That's in, like, the James Gunn movies versus all the other MCU. Oh. I would what? imagine... What?
3: There's also quite a bit of swearing in this one, like you know they don't drop any f bombs, like, but they I think they call a girl a whore at least once or twice. They they say shit about bunch. Rocket says bat shit crazy at
4: one point there, yeah. Yeah, like there's more swearing in this movie than you'd expect in a PG-13. Got to give props to Vin Diesel as well out of the blue because like he was the one that voiced Groot, obviously. Right, yeah. And and and, and he actually re he did like the uh, the re-recorded the voiceover for all of the uh, foreign dubbed over versions of the movie. No. So in all the every other person in those movies would be somebody else talking, except because every time it's Vin Diesel
2: doing Groot. I thought that was oh, pretty right. cool.
0: I feel like he did too much work, honestly.
2: <laughs> I
4: feel
0: like um, they
2: really could have just been like, you know, okay, just say I am Groot like 50 times and then... Yeah,
0: you know, no, I, I, I like we'll Vin Diesel and all, but I feel like he took this role a little too seriously. Like, this is, <laughs> okay, my, so big, this is my big fucking contribution to the acting... Uh, genre this this is this is where i'm gonna make my uh my place in uh actordom and mm-hmm. you know people will laugh at me as fucking uh, at the same
4: at, the same at the same but, time though like this is this is your role in the mcu i'd i'd take it bro no. i probably wouldn't go as seriously as he did like you see clips of him in the fucking sound
2: booth and stuff and like he was going all out man well, but, and you gotta keep yeah. in mind like before he was like kind of big big dumb action star he was a like an independent filmmaker
0: he,
4: he I saw was him in, in a i saw him,
0: him in a mob like... movie with fucking seth green
2: that was the <laughs> knock around guys that's a great
4: knock movie.
0: guys yeah yeah that's a really good movie, movie. Saving
2: private ryan
0: um,
1: yeah
2: yeah I'm a bit he was like he was like a film director i think he had been nominated for like some some awards for like some short films he did before he was even in saving private ryan you know so, so this is the guy who's like, like because his name is Vin Diesel and because yeah. he looks like that, you know, then suddenly like, people think he's a lunkhead. I, I feel like, like maybe a, he is a lunkhead, but he's also a, like he's a serious guy, you know. Like. Aside
4: from like the the overall uh, just dumbness and silliness of the Fast and the Furious franchise, every movie has a thousand unrealistic things. Vin Diesel's acting in those movies is
2: it's he's, he's a pretty decent actor. Like, I he's no the, he's the voice of the Iron Giant. Like you can't yeah, yeah. get away. Like family. Your family. When, family, when you're the voice of the Iron Giant, you are by definition part of geek culture forever. That's just the reality.
0: Yeah. You know? now, that's
2: 20 say, years ago now.
3: Now I Sorry, will say ahead, one one nitpick I have with this movie is I, I like how that you can survive space by just holding your breath and it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I would say that would probably be one of the worst space. Uh, rescue scenes until Star Wars Episode Eight. The whole Princess Leia scene. <laughs>
4: <laughs> they never do really explain how his fucking like he turns it on and it, it allows him to breathe in space, and it also allows his bare hands and stuff to be okay in space somehow. Yeah, no, the, like... the radiation doesn't affect them. It's fine. Well, I mean, come on.
0: Uh, it, it's 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 well established by the end of the film that oh, you don't have quite human. Yeah, uh, you're, you're only half human, so you got a little bit of you got a little bit of. Uh, we find out in the second movie, you, know you got what? a little bit of your dad in you. That, that, that right, that right,
4: so that right there, that right there, completely makes the space thing kind of okay, because like you, we don't know that at the time. So you'd be like, "What the fuck? How how could you, a well, human then can't then just on sit on, there in space and be okay for a minute?" Like,
3: happened to go. I know she's not human either, but, but didn't, didn't the same thing happen to her until they threw the mask on her?
4: Yeah, but again, but Rocket said. Like she, her implants will keep her alive for a few minutes. Oh, okay. So little, I pay attention. Oh. To so he so he saved her, and then he was able to survive because of. And I mean, died.
0: I mean, and also we're all forgetting that eventually Zal, Sidonia, and Chris Pratt have to fucking fuck. So they need to stay alive at least long enough where they can bone. So I mean that that's another thing.
3: Just like real I, life, like you can't die until you get to
4: bone someone, and then you can die.
0: Exactly. I I I, I won't
4: deny that I. I She's green. I don't care. I still think she's hot. Like that's like, oh, that's like yeah, fucking green. I, mean, I, I don't care.
3: <laughs> carry, on, carry on racial relations. Yes,
4: yeah, Carrie. You are not a racist. Uh, uh, I'm glad I you just, that. Like the same I, thing. I thought, was the, the the chicken Star Trek was blue. She was hot too. Like you know,
3: hey, like, they're all pink on the inside. Skin, skin color doesn't matter, man.
2: <laughs> I, I will say that like the one the one thing here is like I do find that the like the romance element, and this is through this film and the sequel with with uh, you know. Uh, Chris Pratt and Zoe Saldana like I understand why it's there I understand that it's sort of a genre trope I understand that it's meant to do I just it's just so like just take I, it out of the fucking I like it like, I like
4: it, but, like it Like, when, when they first like when he like shares his headphones I guess they're like and they almost
2: kissed. There, and then she's like, some, "I won't, I will
4: fall for your pelvic sorcery." That line was fucking gold. That
1: was that so good.
2: A, that is a, that is a great line, but it's a great line in defense of a terrible idea, well, which you know, is I, I, to just he, stop the movie completely. Yeah. And after he saves this her, after he saves her again, like they get
4: into the tractor tractor beam thing, and they're on Yondu's ship, and he's on top of her there, and he like, he's like, "I found something inside me that was incredibly," and she's like looking at, like she's like it's the moment where like, he could like have her basically right there. And she's like, all like you saved me. And he's like, I found something inside of me that was incredibly heroic. And you see her eyes just be like, Oh my God. And it's, it's the humor, it, the humor it, aspect of the relationship. I fucking love. I love the, like, the I'm, minute, I'm with, I'm minute minute with
0: Daniel on this. Like the re- relationship actually doesn't work. Cause she's actually a mature woman. And he's a 12 year old. Like he never progressed uh, mentally from a 12 year old. Like he, he really hasn't. Uh, I yeah. mean, sure, he's had plenty, plenty of like I, one night stands time. with like a pink alien women and purple alien women and and shit like oh, yeah, that. One and wear his beginning. wear his t shirt that he was wearing as a kid, you know, like to you know. And I mean, if I still had my t shirt that I was wearing as a kid, and you know, give it to the girlfriend to you know, little. When you tag think about this, boots, though, like she
4: the, the, but, that uh, to to argue your argument there, maybe she's with him because he's so mature because she was taken from. Where her, her, her planet at like a very young age, as shown in Endgame, there or Infinity War, or whatever it was, Thanos took her away. And then from that point on, she, I'm sure, had no childhood or fun time. So maybe like this, she's wow, like God, living, well, living, I mean, li- living a bit this, of her childhood.
3: Thanos is basically what you're saying. Well, yeah, no, here, here, here's I'll, this, I'll, I'll this grant you that. This would be a that, very that good
2: that... argument. This would be a very good argument if it was a romantic comedy. That we got right. to see with just two of them, and like it, we actually explore this idea. But, but never as it do. happens,
0: yeah, it's <laughs> yeah, it's they kinda... never do. That's the thing. I mean, yeah. I, I grant, I grant you, Redbeard, That that would be the the sort of hook that she's been cold all of her life, and then she encountered this du- this dude who's really fun, and yeah. and she and she's attracted to that that immature funness that's innate in his character. But the movies going forward. They don't explore that at all. We're just supposed to accept that oh, Star-Lord's, Star-Lord's really broken up that she dies eventually. Spoilers, and I mean it, it doesn't work. But I mean, yeah, moving on.
4: Well, no, I feel like like between this one and between this movie and the next one, like in the next movie, they're obviously they've like hooked up and they're together. And then when she died, I I felt I felt I, I felt the whole emotion for him when like she died, and right. for sure, I don't know.
0: Uh, should we mention? You know, go to prison, get sprayed with space tang. Apparently, what, what was that? That that uh, was was that like a decontamination liquid that they sprayed them with? They all got sprayed also, with was, orange also
3: shit. It was rather sexist that we got to see uh Chris, Pratt, whatever Chris it was, is it Chris Pratt? Or did I yeah, yeah. yeah, Chris Pratt. Okay, More good. Script. I got the right Chris. I, I always get the Chris's confused. We got to see him in shirtless and getting sprayed down. How come we don't get to see? Gamora or the raccoon or the tree. I want to see them all topless and being sprayed. That's yeah. that's equal opportunity twenty twenty. The the tree was nude the
4: whole time, so I don't. Feel yeah, like he was. It. It no, I,
0: I, I want to see like his buds but, underneath. You oh. want to see that wood get sprayed? That's <laughs> what you're saying. Yeah, I want to see the wet uh, wood. <laughs> <laughs> so, good. I do like that prison break scene though. Like it is funny. Like it mm-hmm. how.
2: It was one of the better scenes in the MCU, honestly. One of the better kind of... Because it is like very... in This very James Gunn to kind of go like, okay, so we're going to do... We got to plan this shit out. We got to do the thing. I need these two things. Groot. So we're going to have you go get this like thing. You just take this off. And then you just kind of... He's going back in the background. No one notices it. Very Hitchcockian in this weird way, well, right? I,
0: well, the Dude, the best thing it is it Dra- Drax is just watching him do it. Drax is standing there like... Oh, what's he doing?
2: Yeah, um, oh,
4: yeah. Okay. yeah,
0: yeah. No, I
2: noticed that. Yeah,
0: yeah, <laughs> oh. that's
4: pretty awesome. Um, and then it's uh, it's yeah. there's kind of a real a bit of a disparity too between like like how strong is like how between Ronan and Drax like strength wise like at one point Drax grabs that fucking robo gun thing and just tears it in half like it's nothing. He's like throwing guys around all that, and then when he gets to Ronan. Ronan just tosses him around like nothing, like
2: it's it's. Yeah, oh, I know. Mean, kind of do that sort of thing pretty regularly. Kinda, I mean, yeah, you know, I, I, I these I like characters it, are always and, as and strong how, as, yeah,
4: how as. How di- did Groot? How did how did Groot have the knowledge, to save Drax by randomly making a needle thing and jamming it into I'm assuming his lungs or something, like <laughs> That was a very odd. Thing, yeah, he did understand. it to
0: expel he did it to expel the liquid that you know he because obviously Ronin was drowning Drax in that, that fountain or wherever the fuck. And
2: yeah, the
4: pool. Yeah, pool. I think I think it's supposed to be that the spinal fluid or something they well, we really don't ahead. get
2: enough background on Groot, really, to sort of I mean this is kind of like the Chewbacca problem, right? Where yeah, because he uh, doesn't speak English. You apparently, don't really get a sense
4: of, if you know of like the, a bit more of the comic stuff. The the Groot species, even though their vocabulary consists of "I am Groot," they're like these like super geniuses and all this other crazy fucking shit. It's
0: weird. Well, of course, of course they are. Whatever. I love too like a
4: mean... r- random other spoiler for *In the Future*. I, which one is it? Where where Thor first meets up with them? And it's like in Infinity War, I think. And he understands Groot because it was an elective or something that he could take in high school or some shit. Like that was that was great. That was
2: one of my favorite jokes in the entire series. It was so good. <laughs> oh no, I speak Groot. It was an elective. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah so so all the words, so all the words are the same, but the language is based around how the inflection is on the yeah. words. Yeah. Like
3: people understanding droids in Star Wars.
0: It's like yeah, it's the same thing, right? It's very much the same thing. Or a helper in the Venture Brothers. huh.
2: Yeah yeah,
4: yeah
0: yeah yeah there you go yeah well, there we go uh, do we have any-,
3: any i got one one more gripe with this that i'm sure Redbeard will tell me why the comics explain that i don't know what i'm talking about but it just strikes me that uh what is it uh rooker uh yondu that was his name right the michael yeah,
0: yeah. michael rooker yeah
3: so he's got that arrow that is Vastly overpowered. And <laughs> I my, like I think in, there's a scene in the second movie where just basically he needs to get a hold of that thing so he can basically kill the entire starship. And then yeah. he does. Yep. vastly so, overpowered um, That is one the to why the why entire would everyone series. have one of those. Like I would have two
4: of those. Those are amazing. I'm honestly not sure the whole origin of that, but I'm I'm it's gotta be some like very fucking like it, it's Pain. it's it, it, it's a, it, it's a it's obviously apparently like attached to that. Mohawk thing he has because in the it's second thin. one he gets that shot and then he has to get the prototype fin from baby Groot that whole funny scene in the second one and then that that allows him to control it better or something like that like i'm assuming before if he only had his original one maybe he couldn't have stood in that room and made it go all around the but in this one like when he crashes his ship and all those guys are like you blowing," blow and he's just like whistle 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 and just Take some, yeah, it's it is very overpowered, but then at the same point, it just once it's broken, like a rocket fix it eventually, but it it, if it breaks, then it's yeah Fuck. like why i, I, I really feel when he was what, around in infinity wars he could have at least if he
3: the character was still around he could have like at least annoyed thanos with that thing he poking at him poking at him to let you know then let thor cut his head off when he wasn't looking because he was looking at this annoying buzzing poking thing I, unless
4: thanos think, was fast it, enough to catch it i feel like he could have just went like back and forth and just like swiss cheesed him with that
2: thing but like yeah, yeah, what he, think when he I think threatens he Thanos fat fight would have was something that we Really lost by Yondu. That Jai. would have been fucking awesome. Like, about, you know what? When he when he threatens with
4: like, the first time we see it, when he's threatening the uh, the broker guy, I always think like the broker's like it's right here in front of him. Like, if the broker just went like, bah, like, would that not just fix all the problems?
1: <laughs> I guess it depends right.
4: how fast you are. How, how hard is it to break this arrow? I guess is the real question. Like, how strong is it?
3: I hope it's made of it at least some sort of metal. Like, you know.
4: Yeah, it was know. really Damn cool. It. I
0: didn't give, I didn't give a shit.
4: <laughs> no, it, it is awesome it's fucking bad i was
0: just like yeah no uh yondu found some fucking black market dealer and paid him a lot of money and got this well, thing set up they're the, and- they're
4: the uh ravagers like they're basically like scavengers and criminals and type so there's probably some weird relic like i'm i'm sure it's very unique like i've never seen anybody else that's had anything like it seems to be something that like it was his thing and that's nobody's gonna fuck with him because Nobody has anything that can really compete with a, this whistly arrow that he has, kind of thing. No, he's
0: a he's a, gun, he's, a, he's, a he's a spaghetti western gunslinger. Like that yeah. uh, that arrow is his his ability to kill anybody with his fucking gun the first time he shoots. Like that's yeah. a spaghetti western thing. Right? I, li-
4: I like that. I like that. That's I never thought of it like that. That's I agree. That's awesome. Yeah, y- Yondu cool. is a great character.
2: He was great, he was great. In, a, yes. in a weird way. Like in, like he's. Despite the fact that, like, we sort of get a, a change in the second movie, and that this is—he's an ambiguous character even here. But you know, like, we sort of get another version of this in the sequel. I'm um, Mary
4: Poppins, y'all.
2: <laughs> I can't wait to talk about Guardians of the Galaxy 2, man. It's gonna be great. Um, He—he uh, is—he is, he is uh, with that weapon. With like, he's kind of an, an always—he's always a threat. You know, he is incredibly powerful. He is incredibly threatening. And yet he has a personality. I mean, it is kind of one of those things of like James Gunn is just too good a filmmaker to not give us an interesting villain.
4: When he's, <laughs> so he's got the, like, when he when he when he meets the broker too. He's like, uh, I like to take these little things and line them up all on my dashboard. And like eventually, you see that. And he had he has that same one. He actually, like, I mean, did he buy it or did he just take it from the broker guy? I did didn't show you that Pretty but sure? That, <laughs> that it's on his console there with all the little fucking other things. And that's it, just like they give like. These little quirks, you know what I mean? Like the, the character development, like we were saying earlier in this movie, is. Okay, and I mean, well, I mean, Michael well,
0: Rooker's Rucker, too good of an actor for you to put him in a movie and not have him be that good. Like it's just, you know, you, you give him shit, You give him no, shit too, and he, he does. Is, it himself. Yeah. yeah.
2: My wife has actually met him. Apparently, he's a really cool guy.
0: That's what I've heard. I've heard he's really cool at conventions. I follow,
4: I follow him on Facebook and stuff, and he, he seems like from the posts and stuff. Like he he seems like one of those more down to earth. I mean, our me.
0: our mutual podcaster friend Gary Hill, Daniel. He's I'm pretty sure he's met him, uh, as he's met a lot of people at conventions because he frequents them. And yeah, apparently he's pretty cool. So, well, I think,
3: uh, Michael uh, Rooker, he was fairly unknown outside the horror community until until this role, wasn't he? Like, is there anything he was else who was famous? Who the character? Oh well,
0: no, Hen- Henry yeah. Portrait of a Serial Killer. Yeah.
3: Well, I know that was famous, but the mainstream audience hasn't seen that movie.
0: I've well, I mean, either. I mean, his uh, his his stint on uh, Walking, Walking Dead.
3: Dead. Walking Dead. That's the first. That's I think the first time I saw him. I think I saw that before I saw Henry. That's um, the first time
4: I remember seeing him. But I feel like when I saw the show, he seemed. I I feel like I saw him. I've as seen something him else. Stuff. Some like as, like as, as, as a bit character on a TV show or something. Maybe in a couple episodes or some shit like that before. But
2: like I, I know him. I know him. From he was there. really good. <laughs> he you was great. In the Walking Dead.
4: From Jim, James,
2: James. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean he's a character actor, he's doing a ton of this shit. Yeah, yeah. You know, like that's what I know him from. So and I and I do think it's interesting that, you know, like he, you know, James Gunn is willing to just sort of cast these kind of weird character actors to be, you know, kind of major parts in these in these movies. And, I, and you know it is. It is kind of like this is uh this is what happens when you bring an actual filmmaker onto the yep. scene to do one of these. They can they can really kind of give you something interesting, which will not come back to us at all. When we uh, reach take with TD, you know, okay.
4: He, um, i randomly I randomly pulled up Michael Rooker's, uh, like, uh, filmography or TV stuff on, uh, Wikipedia, and ho- he's been in a lot of shit. Yep.
0: Oh, yeah. He's one of those guys yeah. who's been in everything, you know, kind of thing.
4: He voiced a character on Archer. That's kind of cool. Hmm.
2: Random. Huh. Well, uh, I think, I mean, we've hit, you know, 40 minutes or so. Um, we try to keep these short. Uh, I guess final thoughts. Anybody, uh, have anything else they want to throw out there before we? Wrap up on this. This movie's awesome, and I'm very much looking forward to talking about the next one. Because yeah, there.
3: Well, sure. I I said this basically about the last one we did, uh, which was Captain America: The Winter Soldier. That's the one we did. Um, you should you should listen to that episode. It was fantastic, probably the best episode we did. And uh, I, to me, this is basically sort of where you, in my opinion, I know I know I'm probably. People would disagree with me. In my opinion, these movies are sort of right in the core where the Marvel Cinematic Universe got really good. Yeah I, yeah, I think both this and Winter Soldier are better than Avengers, which I know was sort of like the measuring point at this point for a great superhero movie. Uh, and I think both these movies are way better. I actually think this this one's more fun. The it's, I, I think maybe, you know... Captain this is America. one of the... This is one of the most
4: fun Marvel movies that there is. Yeah,
3: this one, is more fun. Captain America's a little more serious, so and I think it, it has more consequence because Guardians of the Galaxy kind of is its own thing until you start to get into Infinity Wars. This, uh, this is a really fun movie that doesn't take itself more seriously, and I actually never thought of this before, but I think it was Lee who mentioned the whole Spielberg thing, and yeah, that's exactly it. It's like an 80s Spielberg movie almost. Like It really kind of has that
4: adventure aspect to it and it's just the way it? like you guys said, like this is, this is the, the way it, the way that, it's so subtly it. but wonderfully introduces like it like the tesseract was already in the other movies and stuff but we didn't know it was an infinity stone and stuff and the uh fucking the ether and stuff like all these other things where like people were speculating like these could be hints and like this is the movie where it, like it's free up says infinity stones and you're like Thanos is there infinity stones like this is where this movie sets up where the fucking entire up-to-end game is going. Like, this is the movie that – it, and it doesn't do it by shoving it down your throat. It just kind of hands it to you nicely. It's it's so well done. I love it. Is this the one that – Howard the ducks in this one at the end, isn't he?
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Yep. yep right that the, yeah,
3: that too. I didn't watch the credits today, but, yes, I remember right at the end, he's just chilling there. Well, hopefully they're going to make a Howard the Duck MCU movie, and hopefully there'll be duck boobs in it because –
4: I that, don't that, need- that, that was I basically don't, the best I, part of the first, of the original the Howard the Duck movie. The, so, yeah. I, don't, I don't need
0: a I don't need a Howard the yeah. Duck movie. Maybe the, a, maybe the original, a short.
2: The, original, the best part of the original Howard the Duck movie was Leah Thompson. Yeah. yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, but no, uh, um, if they want to do a Howard the Duck like TV series on on the fucking Disney Plus, go ahead. But I don't need a movie. I apart. can
2: only
4: imagine how. I they they can just have like a a, a scene. In the next Guardians movie or something, where like he's there and they have like a small funny conversation, put him in like. But no, he's like he no no reboot of the movie.
3: Maybe they just need to expand the MCU to Pornhub and have a you know th- this isn't Howard the
0: Duck porn parody. Well, I'm sure that's already in the works if it hasn't already been done.
4: <laughs> well, we'll have to investigate Howard the Duck. That fucks.
0: Mm. Yeah, Howard the fuck <laughs> Howard That's the what fuck it. Uh, I'll just, I'll just, uh, I'll just say I love it, and I'll mention a couple, a uh, few little trivia points here. Uh, there's a cameo from Lloyd Kaufman from Trauma Films in this because he gave James Gunn his start. He's he's the old man in the uh, prison who's yelling down at uh, at uh, Gamora when she first comes into the prison. You know, We're going to kill you, you you know okay. and all that. Shit. Yeah. Um, there's some voice cameos in this from uh, Nathan Fillion, Rob Zombie, and Seth Green. Of course, is Howard the Duck. Bob um, well, zombie, yeah. He's 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 got like a brief cameo as like the voice of like someone who's like piloting a spaceship or some bullshit. Like it's it's really yeah. I, I've never found it. Like I know I know, I know who Nathan
4: it. Fillion's guy is. He's the guy that Groot fucking sticks his things up the uh, his finger and when the uh, yeah
0: yeah yeah. Um. So uh, Bradley Cooper says he told Howard Stern that he was paid more for voicing Rocket in this movie than. Uh, Silver Linings, Playbook, and The Hangover combined. Uh, <laughs>
2: you know, so much better I mean, than in both of those films, so yeah. Oh,
0: definitely, yeah. Uh, Chris Pratt apparently stole his Star-Lord costume, and he used it to do the really cool thing and be, you know, like a, a cool guy and go to sick kids and hospitals as Star-Lord. Nice. And, uh, you know, just, just do cool shit. Aside and, from his wildly like, hardcore religious ways, I, I
4: like Chris Pratt a lot.
0: Yeah, he's he's a bit of a crazy religious dude, but doing cool shit for sick kids. So I'm, yeah. I'm not gonna. I'll give him a pass. A lot of
3: Star War Star Lord related bank robberies. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, interesting little trivia here that kind of actually sets up something in the future. Uh, Star Lord escapes from the planet Morag in the opening after an encounter with the uh, Sakarans, which are the insect uh, foot soldier dudes. Their homeworld is Sakar, which is where the Hulk lands in. Uh, Thor Ragnarok, uh, basically. Mm. So that that and the Grandmaster oh. um, Jeff Goldblum's character is apparently the brother of the Collector, mm-hmm. uh, uh Vinicius Del Toro's character. Oh stuff. yeah, there's uh, there's yeah.
4: talk that he was like an eternal or some shit like that. Like he's like, yeah, he...
0: that's yeah. So yeah, but... there you go. Trivia. I
4: for, I for some reason oh. knew that they are brothers. And if if you guys have not read the uh, comic uh, series World War, so it starts off with Planet Hulk which is basically kind of what Riding the Rock is based on, a bit, loosely. Planet Hulk is uh, like the... uh, In Marvel, there's the Illuminati, which is made up of uh, uh, Iron Man's there, Mr. Incredible, Mr. Fantastic is there, um, Professor X, Doctor Strange, Namor, and possibly one other. And they all vote that the Hulk is too dangerous to be kept on Earth. They send him off to this planet, which I guess would be Sakaar, maybe. I'm not sure, but...
0: There's actually an animated uh, Planet Hulk movie if you want to watch it on
4: Netflix I, right now. Oh,
0: oh. I do want to watch that.
4: Like, well, read the, watch, watch it, then read the comic if you want to get... like they, they change stupid things in that movie for no reason. It just... it like, but, but just base it off the comic. It's fucking based off. Why are you changing stuff randomly? It made me mad. But
0: yes. I look forward to hearing this in your animated MCU podcast.
4: Oh, shit.
1: Uh,
0: she <laughs> so says, we're not doing one.
4: <laughs> actually the f yeah if you guys aren't watching the animated dcu it's oh yeah no
0: that's, that's
4: that, that that that's what the dc live action movie should be doing right now and they would be at least on par with marvel i think it's it's so ridiculous that they're not doing that kind of stuff
2: i, I think when we finish all the marvel movies in order we'll just sort of like watch stuff there we go yeah. comic book stuff there's there's so many other
4: like I started yeah. out Year, i remember one of the first ones i watched was uh Ultimate Avengers, I think, years ago. Really random animated Marvel movie that came out like when I was maybe
3: twenty years old. And it's it's actually pretty cool. I want to do Batman the movie starring Adam West. That's a classic.
4: The aliens, <laughs> the aliens oh, yeah. in uh that show up in Avengers, the Chichari, whatever they are, they were first introduced and made up in that Ultimate Avengers animated movie. It's kind of random trivia for you right there. There you go. All
0: right, so-
2: Daniel, take a here.
3: I think we've established that Kerry has the biggest nerd dick here, and he's just slapped it on the table.
2: <laughs> well, it depends on the subject, and uh, we're not gonna we're not gonna play that game. But uh, <laughs> Greg, tell us where we can find you on the internet. Um, I mean, usually I'm on Beer Analysis
3: 101 every Wednesday on Maxwell Star's channel. Kerry is often there if he's not working, and uh, hey. one actually Sexton of Ashley Baranco is also there free plug for his brewery that doesn't exist. And uh, if you want to follow my beer channel, my beer tube channel, it's uh, the beer burglar. I don't post stuff very often uh, when I do. I think it's at least mildly humorous because it's usually stupid. It's like a jacket and beer pairing or something stupid like that. Or there's a latest video I made of me opening a beer mail with a really, really big knife. So if you want to watch that and see if I cut any of my fingers off, i then- Spoilers, because the podcast, you can't see how many fingers I'm holding up. Uh, yeah, if you, so follow The Beer Burglar on YouTube if you want to. It doesn't cost you any money. You'll maybe get some mild amusement out of it. Otherwise, it's, that's it.
2: Awesome. Carrie. tell us where we can find you on the internet.
4: I am on the YouTubes under Red Beard, spell beard B-E-E-R-D, because I'm witty like that, and I do beer reviews, and I also play video games. And I also did a beer uh-huh. mail unboxing recently with a really big knife. Just because I saw Greg do his first and I wanted to kind of copy him. It was fun. Oh, shit. I got to watch your video now.
1: <laughs> it was a good
2: time. And also, who knows if I lost a finger?
1: Yeah.
2: yeah. 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 I actually did. I actually did a slice a finger when I was doing a uh, opening up a uh, waxed bottle at one point when I was filming it. And when I was editing that video, I had to like sit and wait for the moment in which, like, I cut my finger and that was one of the most excruciating like little three minute periods of my entire life was like knowing I had like sliced my finger open and knowing that I had filmed it. And so there was like that minute of like doing the thing. And then also like 20 minutes of me going and like bandaging myself up. Um, but I had to wait <laughs> for like the thing to happen so that I could, uh, yeah. It was the thing. Um, Lee, tell us where we find you on the internet.
0: Uh, you can find me anywhere. You can find Daniel pretty much. Uh, I mean, honestly, you, you should be following me if you're hearing this anyway. So, uh, you know, tmbdos.podbean.com. That's where all the shit is. That's where I am. I'm all over that place. I'm all over it like fucking stank on a grizzly bear. Very so, well
3: organized uh, website, I must say, as well, because I was looking for a specific uh, podcast about uh, the that long western movie. Once Upon a Time in the West, I wanted to hear something that I remember you saying about it. And I found it in like two seconds. You got all that shit organized.
2: Look at you.
0: got my shit down, man. Lee
2: Lee actually does work for this. It's great. Yeah. Um, Yeah, you can find me on Twitter. I'm at Daniel Lee Harper. I'm a regular co-host of the NSWedish Show on site, which we're going to record an episode of uh, shortly after we finish doing this. Um, And, uh, yeah, that's probably about enough to hear. Yeah. woo
0: All right. Thanks, guys. And uh, we'll be back again. What's the next movie? Uh, yeah, that's a good question.
2: God, what is the next movie? Are,
0: yeah. we, are we at Age of Ultron? What's next week's movie?
2: <laughs> Sorry, you, you had to get this. I think either
3: Age of Ultron or Ant-Man or something. Um, I, I think it Guardians might be. Galaxy. Galaxy.
4: No, they wouldn't go from Guardians of the Galaxy to Age of Ultron. it has got to be one more something else in there. Well, because
3: uh, Captain America Winter Soldier, I think I think the cliffhanger leads into Age of Ultron. I just don't know if it's that, they're that close together.
4: But
2: No, Age of Ultron is the next one. Oh, is boy.
4: It? All right.
2: Yeah. Hey, look at me. Galaxy twenty fourteen. Age of Ultron is May twenty
4: fifteen. I didn't. A I didn't later. like uh, Age of Ultron. Got a lot of hate for a Marvel movie, and I don't agree with a lot of it. It's, it's no, not. It's weird. not. It's not perfect,
0: but uh, yeah. We'll we'll get into yeah, that. I guess we we'll will find out
3: what we think next episode.
0: Yeah, tune in cool. next time for our most contentious episode ever, where we tell <laughs> Terry how fucking Spo- wrong he is.
2: Spoiler <laughs> alert! Spoiler <fuller laughs> alert! There is one of the Marvel Cinematic Universe films that I have literally never seen. And that movie is uh, Age of Ultron. <laughs> oh, really? Well, you know what? That, I, that, I'm actually, uh, that makes me happy. I'm
4: excited
1: you to
4: watch it before next episode.
2: I'll, well, maybe I won't. I'll just, I'll just pretend I have. And then, you know, we'll, 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 you know we'll, we'll, Robert Downey
4: Jr. took a giant shit.
2: We'll do a stream
4: yard with a screen share and we'll do a live reaction to the whole thing. I love the
3: part where Robert Downey Jr. cloned himself and then they had gay sex on camera.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's something Tony Stark would definitely do. You have been listening to Cape Shit. For other episodes, please visit tmbdos.podbean.com Thank you. Drive through.